I bet every single person here can remember a day in your life, it may have been this week, where you worked from the moment you woke up till your head hit the pillow. And you pushed as hard as you could, and you cranked it out, and worked your head off until you got into bed and you went out like a light. I bet you 99% of you listening to my voice right now know exactly what that experience looks like. I have a, I have a good friend years ago who told me this true story about himself. He said, he said, Pastor Alan, one day I did exactly that. I, I worked so hard all day, nonstop, no breaks. He said, I got home really late at night, from, like probably put in like 15, 16 hours. He said, I was, and it was years ago, he was dressed in a full suit, uh, shirt and tie, the jacket, the whole thing, fancy shoes. He, get, he gets in late at night, and he was exhausted, and he was hungry. He hadn't eaten. And he went into the kitchen, and he was so hungry, he grabbed a Pop-Tart, and he ate it walking up the stairs to his bedroom, and he got into bed wearing his full suit. He didn't even take his jacket off, shirt and tie, and he's lying there, and he's eating this Pop-Tart. And the next thing he knew, he opened up his eyes, and it was 3 a.m., and he was covered in Pop-Tart. It was smushed into his suit, into his beard, all over his hair, and he woke up, he had to get in the shower at 3 o'clock in the morning. We bump into this scripture in the Gospel of Mark, and it's a hard day's work. It is a hard day's work. Uh, Jesus, it says, he's, he's teaching all day. And it takes energy to, to get up and to teach. And it says he spoke many parables throughout the day. And it, not only that, but the crowds were so vast that he, almost, he couldn't get his voice around all of them. So what he did was ingenious. He actually got into a boat, used the water as an amplification, and the whole shoreline was just flooded with people. You've got all of the disciples there managing things, trying to make it all work, and then it gets to the very end of the day, and the sun is going down. And we bump into this pastor scripture where it's becoming evening, and Jesus says, let's go over to the other side. So he's saying to the disciples, we're going to go over to the other side of this lake that I'm in. And I can just imagine the disciples and they're going, whew, yeah, let's get in the boat with Jesus. We've been working hard all day long. We're exhausted. Let's get in this boat. It's a beautiful evening. And let's just float across this lake and catch our breath for a second. And so that's what they do. They get in the boat. And unbelievably, Jesus goes to the back of the boat. And he just puts his head on a cushion. And he is out. The Messiah is fast asleep. Now, I want you to imagine for just a second... Imagine you were there. Imagine you were in the crowd, and you'd been there all day, the sun beating down on you, and you had heard these parables from Jesus, and you'd listened to him. And when he said to the disciples, hey, let's go over to the other side, imagine he looked at you. And imagine he said to you, and you, come on, you can join the disciples in me. Get in the boat with me. And you're like, wow. And imagine, have you ever pushed a boat out? Like, imagine you were like, okay, and you get in the water, right? Your feet are wet, and you push the boat out, and you jump in, you get over the boat. Imagine you're sitting there right now, two wet feet, and you see Jesus go to the back of the boat, and he's out like a light. He's fast asleep, and you're just sitting there with a breeze on your face, and you're just like, I can't believe I'm here. 
I mean, look, and you've got some guys around you, and you're like, man, that's like Simon the Zealot, hardened man. Matthew the tax collector, what a hard life. These fishermen, man, they know what they're doing. You know, you're kind of pretending that you've got your sea legs, but these fishermen, they know what they're doing. And you're sitting there, and the sun's coming down, and the breeze is in your face. And you're just thinking about, man, those parables that Jesus told. Wow. And you're thinking, what does that mean? And he's right there. Could this be somebody incredible? Is this the Messiah? And out of nowhere, you're exhausted. They're all tired. Out of nowhere, boom. It says this violent storm comes just all of a sudden. And it just lands on the boat. It's called a squall. And it's literally where, you know, you got all these clouds in the sky. They're not in the sky anymore. They are dumped on top of you. And it says that the wind and the waves were so violent that you can see these fishermen, they're pulling out every trick of the trade, and they're getting petrified. It comes to a point where the boat actually is about to be swamped, so it's filling with water. Your feet are not wet. You are soaked right now from head to toe. And you're in the boat, and you look at these guys' faces, and you're like, this is it. This is the Titanic moment. This is the end. And... One of the disciples goes over to Jesus, notice, and you'll notice, we're going to read the story in just a sec. You notice what he doesn't say? He doesn't say, ah, excuse me, sorry, sorry to disturb you. Jesus, don't you even care if we drown? Wow, to the Messiah. Don't you even care? Jesus stands up. What's going on here? Looks out, and they are about to be swamped. Moments from it. And he looks at the weather. He looks at the wind. He looks at the waves. And he says, Quiet. Be still. It's gone. You're standing there, soaked from head to toe. You look over the lake. And you can see your face reflecting in this mirror. Everything is calm. And then Jesus looks at the disciples. And if it were me, I'd be like, is everybody okay? Is everybody here? Is anybody hurt? Phew, you know, that was a close one, guys. Good job you woke me up. No, it's astonishing what Jesus says. He challenges them hardcore in that moment. Look at what he says. Why are you so afraid? I can think of an answer to that. Why are you so afraid? Don't you have any faith at all? And you're standing there with Jesus and the disciples. And this is what it says in the story. They were terrified. What were they afraid of? I don't think it was the storm, because it was gone. I don't think it was the threat on their life that they thought they were going to die, because the threat was gone. Do you know what they were terrified? I think they were terrified of Jesus. They were standing in the presence, and this is what they said. Even the wind and the waves obey him. I mean, we've seen this guy do some stuff. They literally say, who is this guy? Let's read it together. Mark chapter 4. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat, exhausted. 
There were other boats with him. A furious squall came up the waves, broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him up and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. And then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. And he said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified, and they asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. What an incredible scripture. This series we're in right now, un Unsubscribe, we have looked in week one what it looks like for you to unsubscribe from being distracted to being present. I hope you are enjoying the presence of God in your life a hundred times a day. Last week, we looked at what it looks like to unsubscribe from this more, 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 gimme, 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 all the time to an ability to say, that's enough. And this week, what a gift the Lord has for you. We're going to unsubscribe from being overwhelmed to rest. Jesus and his disciples are wiped out. They are exhausted. On top of that, they are caught in a violent storm. This boat is moments from being completely swamped. This may be the dictionary definition of being overwhelmed. Online, Alma and Mount Pleasant. You all know what this is like, every one of you. There's not a person here who has not experienced what it means to feel and experience, man, I am overwhelmed right now in my life. I know and you know what it means to run on empty just trying to survive another day. You know this. We've touched on this in the last few weeks. But I want to show you today, maybe in a more definitive way, the limitations that God has built into you. Physical limits. You have physical limits. A 40-ton truck cannot cross a bridge that is signposted for 20 tons. Your physical body, I don't care how strong you are. I don't care how fit you are. There will come a weight that you simply cannot bear. There will come a speed that you cannot run. Some of you need to hear that for your physical bodies today. Many of you are very aware what it means to push your physical body to the edge, to your limit, the limit that God has placed into you, and especially when you do that consistently over an extended period of time. And what happens? We end up with ulcers and heartburn. We throw our backs out. We gain weight. We have digestive problems, and the list goes on. These are the warning signs that God has placed in your body. Something's wrong. You need to pull back a little bit. You have performance limits. There's only so much that you can produce. There's only so much that you can do in a given day. You're only given a certain amount of hours. Every one of us will come to a place at the end of this day where you say, my body has to shut down right now. I have got to go asleep. I can't stay awake anymore. This is where you say, man, I'm just going to take another class. I'm going to do more hours of work. I'm going to do more. I'm going to sell more. I'm going to accomplish more. I'm going to reach another work milestone. I'm going to set up another business. I'm going to beat everybody's quarterly numbers one more time. Sleep may be the perfect example. And what happens is we want to accomplish so much that we say, well, I, I can just do it six hours sleep. What would it be like if I just slept five hours? I think I can get away with four hours sleep. You will pay for that. There will be consequences for you in that. You have emotional limits. Physical limits, I think, are easier to see. Emotional limits are a little bit harder to, to kind of pinpoint. They can be a little bit more vague. 
How much strain can your psyche withstand before you come to overload? If I were to ask you today, can you carry a person on your back who weighs 100 pounds? Probably most of us would say, yeah, I can do that. But if I said to you, can you carry 10 people who weigh 100 pounds on your back? There's nobody who can do that. You can't physically do that. And your emotions are the same, but they're just a little bit harder to define. You can only love and know a certain amount of people at a given moment in your life. You can only help a certain amount of people. You cannot save the world. In fact, the Bible says that Jesus came to save the world and you're not him. Have you ever had just somebody unload on you? Like, just like emotional, there it is. Can I just tell you what's going on in my life? And it's just terrible. I can't cope with this. And and they just unload it all on you. And you're just like, wow. You can, and there's a time and a place for that, particularly in the family of God, where we listen to each other and we care for each other. But what I'm saying to you is there's actually a limit to that. You can only receive so much of that and you will be overwhelmed. You go too far and nervousness starts coming in. Again, ulcers migraines, anxiety, and lastly, you have mental limits. Perhaps, much like emotions, they're kind of hard to wrap our arms around, hard to pinpoint and define. But you get to a place where you just can't take any more stimulus. Every now, the kids in life, and Kelly and I are like, we're not making any more decisions. No more decisions today. That's it. Everything has to go on pause. Tomorrow will be another day. You can get information overload, decision overload, too many details. Sometimes your mind needs rest. And you get to a place where you're like, man, I'm actually living in fear. I'm I'm fearful that I'm making the wrong decision. I'm I'm afraid that I'm going to make a mistake. I don't know if I'm going to, if I'm thinking straight on this. You get to a point where you're like, I can't take any more information. I don't know if I can remember that. I can't take any more. I don't think I've got any more memory banks left right now. I'm not alone in this, am I? Like, oh my goodness, this is, this is a lot. God is omniscient, which is a fancy word to mean that God knows everything, and you're not God, and I'm not God. Now, what happens to any one of us when we meet our physical limits, when we meet our limits in terms of what we're able to produce, or our mental or emotional limits? When you reach saturation point, you start to hurt. Again, I feel like I'm sharing something today, and you're like, yep. I know this. I know this to be true because so many of us would say, I've experienced this. You reach a saturation point, and at its worst, your body feels like I cannot cope anymore. And you reach a point for some people where they come to a place of maybe a mental or a physical breakdown. They can no longer function. Other people, there's so much bombardment of overload, you actually become aggressive. You actually become hostile. Like one more thing comes at you and this hostility comes out at you because it's your body's way and your mind's way of saying, I can't cope anymore, get away from me. This is not the God way of life for you. And yet, what I'm saying is so familiar. Some people enter into depression. It's just too much. I don't want to be around other people. I don't want to leave the house. I don't want to go to work. And in all of that, what is so incredibly common, and church, this is where it really gets painful. And perhaps you think, oh, I don't think this happens much. I'm telling you right now, it happens more than you know. We revert to escapism because we are overwhelmed. 
And that's where we start looking for uppers and downers. That's where we start looking for stimulus. That's when we turn to medication, where we turn to food, where we turn to isolation. This is where it really gets painful. This is where people turn to alcohol. This is where people, I see people drinking on a regular basis, drinks that are just flooded with adrenaline and caffeine and sugar. This is getting real now. We, this is a form of coping because I'm actually overloaded right now. Now, I would never for a moment try to discredit, particularly where you have a doctor who's prescribing medication. Praise God for doctors. That's a wonderful thing. What I'm describing to you, though, is a life that is not ordained by God for you. Far from it. And that stuff is very hidden because we become ashamed of that, but actually it's far more prevalent than we would like to think. The number one area of difficulty and challenge in your life that this church indicated in our annual survey was what we're talking about today. In fact, thank you so much for doing that little survey we do. It's why we're doing this series right now. This was, this was the voice of this church, the experience of this church, your life, your marriage, your kids, your relationships, your friendships saying, overload. It's the number one thing in my life. I'm too distracted, too busy, too preoccupied, too much noise. I'm not coping well with this. This is what you said. This is describing my life and your life. I am in over my head. Just listen to this description. Activity overload. I am doing too much. Change overload. I cannot take one more thing being different. I can't take it. It has to stay the same for me. Choice overload. I'm not making another decision. Commitment overload. This next one is huge. Debt overload. Decision overload. Expectation overload. Fatigue overload, where you are living a life and you are physically exhausted. Hurry overload. I am so guilty of that personally. All my life, I have just gone 100 miles an hour. I talk fast. I think fast. I finish people's sentences. My wife, it's not good. This is a problem in the marriage here. Information overload. And in this day and age, there's just so much. You can never get your arms around. There's just more information. Media overload. We're all, all of us guilty of that. We talked about putting down our phones for one afternoon two weeks ago. I had so many people came up to me and said, I couldn't do it. I didn't do it. I had so many people who came up to me and said, I didn't want to do it, and so I didn't. Addicted. Noise overload, stimulus all the time, people overload, technology overload, and then work, work, work. And I will admit to you, as much as I know you're on this list, I'm on that list. Pastor Allen is on that list. Now, I'm not suggesting that we are intended to live this sort of carefree, never have a problem, rose petals life. I, I don't know that that's the case at all. I think life is full of stress and full of difficulties. And I think the Christian life will always be full of problems and hard work. God journeys with us through that. Many times as Christian, we will suffer willingly for the glory of God. But what I am saying to you is that there is this blanket overload in your life. It is immense. It's become so normal, you think nothing of it because it's what everyone else looks like too. And you are getting punished. You're getting hammered by this thing. You're getting pummeled by overload in your life. And it's painful stuff. And here's the crazy thing about it. 
So many of the variables of your life that are causing you to be just sort of pushed down and punished through this overload. Here's the thing. Those things that occupy and take a slice of your life, I'm telling you right now, they don't even have eternal consequences. So many of the things that are absorbing us, they actually don't matter much at all. We think they do, but they don't. Years from now, I'm telling you right now, you will look back at your younger self and you will say to yourself, why did I become so distracted, so stressed out over that? Or that thing at work? Or that issue? Or that thing that I thought I had to have? That right now is consuming you right now. A wiser, older you will look back and say, man, I I, kind of regret that. I didn't need to become so consumed by that. And you're being battered and tormented. There must be a different way. And I'm here today to tell you, actually, it's not that it's the easy life where everything is perfect, because I don't know that that exists. But I think this is what it is. You've been called to greater battles than some of the stuff you're dealing with right now. You've been called to holier and more noble occupations in Christ than the stuff that is extracting from you now. You've been called to greater things, higher callings, more noble accomplishments. But you will never touch them. You will never reach them because you are too tired, too exhausted, too overwhelmed, too unrested. And therefore, as a follower of Christ, your life will revolve around things where you are actually impotent and you are inconsequential in how you're living your life for Jesus Christ. And it's not because you don't believe in those higher callings. It's because you're too tired to touch them. You operate on the basis of this. One more thing won't hurt. And I'm here today to tell you, yes, it will. Yes, it will. You take that one more thing at the expense of the great thing which is loving God and loving people. Your spiritual life is chronically infected to the point that you simply have no space to enjoy God. What we prayed over children earlier, to love Him, to hear from God throughout the course of your life, to hear from God regularly, to say, this is the voice of God speaking to me. I'm so encouraged and so challenged. I'm I'm growing in Christ. To talk to Him, to serve Him, to give to Him. We must learn the art of setting limits. Amen? Amen. We must learn the art of prioritizing what is greatest over what we now prioritize that simply are things that actually don't matter. They will not count in the end. So I must ask you this question. Overwhelmed man of God, overwhelmed woman of God, Exactly what is overwhelming you? Come into His presence right now and say, Holy Spirit, come and speak to me. Some of you right now, you already know exactly what it is, this inconsequential thing that you are so wrapped up in right now, that you are giving so much of your time, energy, your thought, your emotions, your money, all of that is being invested into this thing. And right now, the Holy Spirit is actually making it blindingly clear to you, and you're going, that doesn't even matter. Why is that getting so much of me? I bet you if you sat down for 10 minutes with a pen and paper, you could write 10 things and you would say, I don't need to do that anymore. 
Why am I even doing that? Almost seven years ago, I actually sat in an interview for a job. This one. And I sat down with a whole gang of people. It was a big group discussion. And it was pre-COVID, but it was on a Zoom meeting. Who knew? And uh, they asked me the classic interview question. You've heard it before. You know, what are your strengths? And then they got to me and they said, well, what are your weaknesses? And I was just being cheeky and I was just having a bit of fun with them. And I, they said, you know, what are your weaknesses? Or what are your awareness around things that you're not good at? And I was just being funny and I just said to them, well, direct quote. I said, gosh darn it, sometimes I just read the Bible too much in my life. We had a little giggle. I say that trivial little story to you to say, what exactly is it that is overwhelming you? Is it that you're, gosh darn it, just reading too much of that Bible? Would you say, you know, I, I'm just discipling too many people? Well, I've got this people, friends of mine, there's a broken marriage, so I, I'm really just, this is what's overwhelming me. It's the amount of time I pray for broken marriages. That, that must be what it is. It's me reaching out to this person that I work with who knows nothing of Jesus Christ. That's overwhelming me. I'm just spending so much time with my devotion time to Jesus Christ. You know, it's just all that time I, I spend every day playing with my children. Or I've, just been, I've been volunteering at the care store. Uh, that's just too much for me. I've been helping this family who need a bit of guidance, and I'm kind of there for them. And I don't mean this as a guilt thing at all. I hope it's a conviction thing from the Holy Spirit. The truth is, I don't think we're overwhelmed by any of those things at all. Not even a little bit. Here's what we're overwhelmed by. We are overwhelmed because we are chasing money. We are trying to pay off credit card bills that we cannot afford. Because we insist on buying more gadgets. Because we must get ahead. Because we want to impress people. Because we want to further ourselves. Because we work too many hours. And because we are saying yes to bombarding our own lives with an over-sensory of stimulus and noise and hurry. That's what we're overwhelmed by. And when we are overwhelmed by those empty pursuits, it leaves zero margin, zero space to disciple anybody or to pray for a broken marriage or to reach out to a friend who's far from Christ or to spend time playing with your children or to volunteer at the care store or to help a family in need or to read too much of the Bible. And it's not because, again, it's not because we don't believe in those things. It's not because we don't want to do those things. It's because we're exhausted and there's nothing left to give. Let me share a sentiment with you. I actually shared it with you several years ago, but I want to deliberately share it with you again from an author by the name of Chandler. He says this, I'll tell you where I am primarily provoked. In my spirit, I am provoked. My apologies, ladies, but I am provoked by our men. Because God actually designed you to go to bed tired, good and tired, but not tired because you're overwhelmed by this world. We work hard for the glory of God and we pull into the driveway and we say a prayer and we go into the house and now what we do is we love and we serve mama. We come around her because we know from the word of God that has been placed on our shoulders by the power of the Holy Spirit, that our wives should be well-watered vines, that they should grow in their gifting, that they would feel cherished and loved. And then you get down on the floor and you play with your kids and you tuck them into bed and you lead in your home spiritually. 
So that when everybody is down, you come back down the stairs and you come in and you check in on mama one more time and you check in on her heart and then you pray and you go to bed, wrung out for the kingdom of God, not exhausted for any other reason. And I don't see that in so many men. It's simply not a priority. And that's why I see so many men just getting jammed up. They're getting lost in themselves because God has not designed you for a bunch of, I'm overwhelmed. And the truth of the matter is you're addicted to your Xbox and you're taking every bunch of free time in your life and you're devoting it to self-stimulus and entertainment and you are overworked all of the time. God has created you for greater things and you're punting on those. There is a right weight for you to carry and it pushes you towards Jesus because you cannot carry it by yourself. Sometimes I pull into the driveway and I'm tired. And I feel like I've earned, (laughs) you know where I'm going with this, don't you? I feel like I've earned, I'm going on the couch, I'm going to hit that little lever and up the legs come. That's it. Peace out, everybody. I deserve this. So here's here's what has to happen. I've got to pull into the driveway and I have to ask the Holy Spirit for strength. And I have to breathe and I have to open up the car door. And then I step in and I serve. And I don't measure what I've done versus what she's done today. I just figure out how can I serve her. And I check in on her heart and on my children's heart. And then I took them into bed knowing, knowing what is going on in the life of my child. What's going on in their head and in their emotions. And then I go back downstairs to Kelly and I check in on her heart. And then I go to bed tired. No hot pocket. When you do that, there's just not really much room left for men to just wreck things for themselves and to jam themselves up. Because this call to our wives, this call to our children, this call to the local church All of these things, we answer the call because we are now empowered by the Holy Spirit. And when you punt on those greater, more noble, more holy occupation that God's called you to, what's happening is you are opening yourself up for hooks of sin and your own rebellion. Rest is found in Jesus Christ. We think rest is found with a pina colada, I actually don't drink them very often. (laughs) On the beach, how about that? (laughs) It's not where rest is found. Ever come back from a vacation exhausted? Rest is only found in Jesus Christ. He will restore your soul in a way that nothing else can restore your soul. I get provoked for men to step into this. I feel grief for you. I want more for your life as you minister to your wife, to your children. It's meant to be hard. It's supposed to be difficult. God made it that way so that you wouldn't do it solo. You wouldn't run the race without Him. So you're going to sit in your driveway and you're going to need to pray. And you're going to fall asleep whispering, Lord, help me. Fill me with your wisdom and with your spirit. It's designed that way so that you would press into Him. And so in this scripture, we see exhausted disciples. We see an exhausted Jesus Christ. I love the humanity of Christ in the story. 
We see a violent storm and a boat inches from being completely swamped. And I believe God would speak over your life today. Don't miss what he would say to you. And I think there is both tender and love as he speaks, but there is the firmness of his authority. Listen to the voice of God over your life today. Are you ready? Quiet. Be still. We're like children flailing our arms at the end of the night, insisting that we can stay up later on the verge of a meltdown, tears. You need to listen to your father who says it's time to go to bed. It's time for you to rest. And some of you in all serious need to hear this. Quiet. Quiet. You need to be still. So how can we be obedient to the Father in this? How can we unsubscribe from overwhelmed to rest? Some of you are going to love this. Prescription from your pastor. Today, I'm going to ask you to relax. Drop your shoulders. Catch your breath. Today, prescription from your pastor take a nap. Go for it. No guilt. Close your eyes. If you're able to this week and your work allows, go ahead and sleep in. Unplug your phone. Turn down the volume. Set aside a regular time for rest and quiet. I tend to go 90 miles an hour. I made myself do this on Friday. It was weird. The tendency to just grab something, look at something, do something, talk to something. I made myself sit down and be quiet. Get away if you can, occasionally. Try and find a chance to do nothing. And when you do, don't fill it with Candy Crush or Wordle. Just sit still and catch your breath. Be still and be quiet. And in that moment, just think about what you're grateful for. Sit in His presence and just say, God, I want to worship you right now. And watch what will happen in your life. Jesus did the same thing. I want to close with this scripture. One time, the disciples returned from a ton of work. It was another boat trip. They were so excited from what they had done. They gathered together and they're talking and they're coming around. They're looking at each other. They were so excited they forgot to eat. And Jesus puts them in a boat. Look at what it says in Mark chapter 6. The apostle gathered around Jesus, reported to him all they had done and taught. Then because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. I want to lead you right now into a conversation with Jesus. Would you maybe just close your eyes and just be aware of his presence so if this is truly perhaps the number one most challenging area of your life right now being overwhelmed right now I want you to just make yourself aware of the presence of God and would you pray to him dear God what exactly is it that's causing me to be so overwhelmed what accumulation of things is doing this to me what am I saying yes to 
I don't need to say yes to this anymore. Holy Spirit, would you show me right now what I have allowed in my life to become so swamped? Would you confess to God right now, God, I'm exhausted. I'm tired. And so, God, I ask you right now in my life, would you bring me times of refreshing? And not only that, but would you just ask the Holy Spirit right now, would you forgive me for being so preoccupied with things that are so far from you? And now come before your Father and ask the opposite question. Lord, what holy occupation would you cause me to step into? What kingdom work would you cause me to invest my energy towards? God, I would be happy to spend myself in service to you, to spend myself towards great things, God projects, loving people, noble and eternal work. I say yes to that today. And lastly, in this moment, would you just submit your life to the authority of his word? That when Jesus Christ says to you, quiet, be still, that you would say, God, to the one who commands the waves and the wind, I will be obedient. And now, in this moment, would you allow God's rest to restore you? We pray this in the name of Jesus, and together the church says, amen. Church, enjoy your nap. Have a restful week. God bless.